I'm a true to green. You might know me from things like Hard Luck, The Old Don Jail, and Band Lab. Welcome to the Intruder Green Podcast. It's uh, the 24th of June, 2020, and uh, yep, I want to figure out a thing to do here, because, so like, the deal is, you know, as as, as things go on, people get bored and like, kind of move on from the the movements that are happening and whatnot, and I think it's important to, uh, you know, not go back to normal too much, Uh, you know, like, people's streams are less filled with Black Lives Matter posts and whatnot and all that, and uh, that's going to happen, but, you know, I think it's important to uh, keep up with things, and keep uh, pushing the issue a little bit, at least, Uh, you know, there's some things that we we, we want to continue on, and, uh, but, uh, just wanted to, like, bring up a few things, since uh, there's not a whole lot of news, other than uh, these Trump rallies (laughs) that are happening with, uh, yeah, I don't know um, if, if you guys heard about this, but I guess I should give a shout out to the uh, teens of Tulsa for kind of like, I don't know if you call it trolling or what, but like basically they signed up for a bunch of uh, spots at the Trump rally in Tulsa. And uh, of course, they just didn't show up then. And so there was a bunch of empty seats, partially because of that. I think also partially because nobody fucking wants to go to a fucking Trump rally. Uh, So, you know, anybody can do this if you see uh, Trump coming to your town or whatever. Uh, you can basically sign up for, uh, you know, seats. Uh, I think you can get like two and, uh, they take your phone number and I think your email and then they try to like hit you up for donations and stuff, but it's like, you don't got to give them nothing. And then after the rally's over, you just fucking like unsubscribe or whatever from their email chain and, uh, you're all good. And, uh, honestly actually i I figured this out too if you want to like if you don't want to give them your real number there's like online uh things like i know google has google voice and that's actually what i use for the intruder green call-in line where you can just uh sign up for a new phone number that attaches to your regular phone number and this only works for people in the states by the way um i think you have to have a u.s phone number to do it and then you get a U.S. phone number with the Google Voice. There might be other ways to do this um, that I don't know about, but it, it this is definitely a good way to do it. Um, <laughs> frankly, is what I used. All right. And uh, so, yeah, if you go through the records and you see that, hey, why is the Intruder Green calling line number signing up for uh, Trump uh, tickets? Uh, well, that's why. Because, you know, it's good to troll these fucking assholes. And uh, it's a good idea. So yeah, I don't know. Check out all the other apps too. I think there's other stuff out there. Uh, but I, I know that the Google Voice one works. It might take like a couple of days to actually get it going though. Because I think they have to like, I don't know, verify some shit or something. Or maybe it doesn't take that long. I don't know. I, I It's been a long time since I set that up. But uh, you know, uh, it, it's lots of fun. Um, so yeah, I guess the one thing that is happening though right now is people tearing down all these statues. Which for the most part I think is pretty cool. It's kind of like, you know... It's the ultimate fuck you. Like, we're not going to celebrate these uh, oppressive uh, figures no more. And uh, it gets a little, like, in the gray area, I guess, because some of these uh, people were, like, known to be pretty cool. But they're also problematic because they did some real fucked up shit, like, either before or after the, like, one or two things that they are known to be cool for. So, you know, I don't know. I guess I can't judge on that stuff. Uh, and the only thing I will say is that, like, as far as learning from history, which people are like, oh, these are supposed to remind us about history and stuff. It's like, well, then put them in a fucking museum because, uh, you know, when you put a statue up of something, that's not that's not a lesson. That's you're putting that up to, like, glorify them and uh, celebrate them, you know, like, fuck it. How do, how do it's not that fucking hard to figure out, you know? That's what uh, textbooks in, uh, well, not that I ever read a textbook, but I believe it that those are what that is for. And uh, museums, of course, uh, where you can actually go and see this stuff and then like have a little blurb about it where they're like, hey, this guy was kind of cool, but he also did some fucked up shit. So uh, don't worry about him too much. All right. Uh, but yeah, you know, like there's definitely some gray areas there and whatnot. Um, but as far as like all the Confederate statues, that's. Yeah, I think it was pretty clear that shit needed to go. And uh, frankly, you know, they were trying to have it done peacefully in the past. 
uh, I don't know how long ago that was, but I remember at least a few years ago, there, there was a big discussion about, should we take these fucking statues down? And everybody was like, fuck you, go back in your hole. Uh, don't bother me with the, uh, uh, you know, minorities and stuff. And, you know, so that seemed to have quashed the issue for a bit. And now it's just like the rest of this movement. They're like, well, you didn't let us do it peacefully. And you didn't fucking, uh, you know, change your ways at all. So uh, now we got to do it the hard way. Or or as I like to call it, the fun way. Anyway. um, Yeah. What was the other thing? Oh, yeah. I wanted to touch on, uh, you know, brand or symbol. I think it's called reappropriation would be the right term for it. And uh, because I've seen a lot of stuff lately about, uh, you know, Proud Boys and all that stuff. It's weird talking about this stuff because, like, they kind of infiltrate the punk rock scene a little bit, I think. Or definitely, like, Nazi skinheads and stuff. But all of that shit, it's, it's, it's good to keep in mind that, you know, it sucks because, like, a good friend of ours, I remember at Fest a year or two ago, uh, was, like, having a really hard time because he was wearing one of those uh, shirts. I don't remember what the fuck they're called, but they're, like, those polos that the Proud Boys wear, and they're, like, specific colors. I think it's, like, the yellow and black one. And, uh, yeah, our buddy, like, got called out for wearing it, and he got called a Proud Boy. He's definitely not. I'm pretty sure he's, like, a... Well, I don't want to like spe- specify who who he is too much, but anyway, he's definitely not a proud boy. Uh, it, but he just didn't know about it. And the shitty thing is, it's like, yeah, he got called out, and like, he's like, no, I don't, fuck you, I don't do that. And it's like, why? And then you know, whoever was somebody was being a dick to him, and it's like, yeah, of course, if he was being a proud boy asshole, he deserved to be a dick too. But he wasn't. He was just wearing the shirt, and that's the problem with this uh, reappropriation stuff. You get people doing these things and, uh, you know, it's, it's happened even more so with the skinhead thing because that was, uh, not at all about white supremacy or anything. And that got kind of hijacked, uh, long ago. And so now every time you see a guy, like a white guy with a bald head and fucking, uh, you know, combat boots on, you think, oh, he's obviously a white supremacist, uh, which was not what that look was all about when it started. So it sucks. Uh, it all sucks, and, and but it's important to notice that they always do that. They always have to reappropriate something because they don't have a fucking original bone in their goddamn bodies. Uh, so even the fucking swastika was, uh, I believe, an, I think a Native American symbol. A fucking uh, Hitler had to hijack that and ruin it. So uh, as far as like what you know, a lot of that stuff, it is it is what it is. Uh, I don't know if it'll ever like not be associated with that. But the new stuff, you know, maybe fight it. Like, don't let them have it. Uh, I think uh, uh, the, the the new thing was the uh, the Boogaloo whatever boys. Like, the, the, the guys that are coming down to the protest to start fights. And they're all wearing, like, Hawaiian shirts or something. And I got to say, you know, like, uh, I, don't, I don't actually get to wear Hawaiian shirts too much because... Uh, you know, uh, it's it's a little inconspicuous when you're trying to do crimes and whatnot, but I do love them, and I definitely don't want to have no motherfucking uh, asshole, alt-right, fucking white supremacist, whatever, uh, ruining that because Hawaiian shirts are tight. Um, and by Hawaiian shirts, I don't necessarily just mean like actual Hawaiian shirts, but like the, you know, floral print shirts, stuff like that, you know, party shirts. Uh, I think they're real cool, and I don't want to see them that get ruined either. Even tiki torches. Like, remember when they had that fucking, uh, I don't know, how, what was that, 2016? When Trump was, like, getting elected and stuff, and the guys came out with the tiki torches, and they were all fucking white supremacists, like, oh, you will not replace us, and all that stuff. Fucking tiki torches are cool. Don't let them have that. I mean, I realized that it was probably just a way for them to have a torch. <laughs> like, oh, how do I make fire? Well... I'm a, you know, middle-class uh, white guy who lives in the suburbs, so I can't actually make make a real torch, so I'll just go to Home Depot and buy this thing, um, which, by the way, I think, apparently Home Depot is a bunch of CEOs, motherfucker, too. Anyway, uh, yeah, you know, like, uh, the world's still going crazy, uh, especially America, and uh, but, you know, it could be for the better eventually. It's just the hard part, getting through it. 
um, you know, there's elections coming. And uh, if you could vote and you're not a felon, like some people I know, then you better make sure you do it. And, uh, you know, as far as returning to the new normal, and yeah, as far as returning to normal, we, I think we got to concentrate on having a new normal where, uh, you know, I don't know when COVID is going to go away. And I don't know when, uh, you know, we're going to fix some of these fucking problems that we have. Uh, because it seems like every time uh, something like this happens, the other side comes up with something to sort of like sweep it under the rug again. And uh, I don't know. Things are getting violent now. And I hope that that means that we're not going back to the way to, to the old normal. We need to start a new normal, you know? And, uh, oh yeah, one of my, uh, favorite guys on the internet who, like, writes stuff about the Green Bay Packers, uh, (laughs) I know that sounds like a weird thing for me to be talking about, but he's real good, uh, go to askvic.com, I think that's what it's called, and, uh, you know, he's been around for a long time, he's an old guy, and, uh, he he wrote some good stuff about, uh, the new normal, and he was like, when was anything normal? Uh, you know, you got, uh, fucking protesters getting shot in the 60s and then you know all these civil rights leaders (laughs) the president getting shot you know all this stuff that happened throughout history you got all sorts of shit going on in the 70s in the 80s in the 90s and it's like i don't know that anything is ever really that normal i mean there might be times when stuff doesn't affect you as directly but there seems to always be stuff going on that is eventually gonna come to a head and uh if you don't you know nip it in the butt early you know you're probably gonna have to deal with it uh you know on whatever level you deal with uh your regular life so uh i don't know guys i'm I'm sorry to rant and everything but it's important to keep uh, these issues in mind even when we're just trying to have a good time and listen to a tight podcast all right uh so yeah just keep that, that stuff in mind Got to give a shout out to the producers of the podcast, Luke Ellis, Heather Royston, Gem City Sabrina, Vaughn Cotton, Sarah Koenig, Chelsea McNally, Cardboard Box Colony, and Carlos Hernandez. Uh, on t- today's show, I got a Gabe Curry, and uh, you know, he's, a, he's a fucking great dude, uh, lots of fun. Uh, he, he I'm, sh- I'm still, after this doing his podcast, I'm still not uh, 100% sure what he does. But I know he does. He does stand up uh, as a comedian. <laughs> I don't know what else he do stand up for. But like, yeah, he d- tells jokes, and uh, he is the like booker, promoter, uh, manager, whatever at uh, the Bovine Sex Club in Toronto, which is not actually a sex club. I mean, I don't know that to be a hundred percent true. I think it's not not a sex club, but it could be. Uh, but it isn't really. Like, I think you might get in trouble if you try to have sex like on the stage or something. But I don't know for sure. Like, you could maybe find out and let me know. And that'd be real cool. All right. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a cool punk club uh, that a lot of people go to. I think we even talk about it in a podcast. Like, anytime we play Toronto, it don't matter where we're playing. As long as we got time to hang out afterwards, we always end up at the Bovine. So uh, it's a good stuff. Uh, Gabe's a cool dude. And uh, this was done well before the protest started happening. Um, so we don't get into that, but, uh, I have a good feeling that he would have some cool stuff to say about it. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, I want the show. Hello, this is a prepaid collect call from Detroit Green, an inmate at the Neural Correctional Institution. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. To accept charges, press one. Ladies and gentlemen, Gabe Corey on the Intruder Green Podcast. All right. Yeah. Uh, what did you just ask me? You, you were asking me how I'm doing. Yeah, I just want to know how you're doing, man. How's uh, 
how's life as green intruder? Like, what's going on? I mean, you're not, you can't be robbing, you know, robbing houses or breaking into liquor stores anymore. I mean, are you like, uh, you know, I mean, allegedly, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, the thing is that would be a lot easier to do right now. Uh, except everybody's home. It's a lot easier to do that stuff when nobody's home. That's the way we prefer True. to work it. Uh, we're very non-confrontational and uh sure. you know so, so, so you've been social distancing even before the quarantine in terms of robbing people of their of their expensive stuff that's right absolutely um and you know like, like you're so progressive that's right very progressive <laughs> we're very smart and we like politics and stuff so uh vote for us and uh legalize crime but uh yeah you know <laughs> like we're doing our part to like keep shit real and uh you know keep keep people uh not sick and stuff or like trying not yeah. to get sick ourselves and whatnot. But yeah, you know, it's weird. Like I worry about these things too. Like I keep saying, um, it's important, you know, like they want to open up businesses again and everything. So people sure. can like start working again. And I believe yeah. that is a good idea, but you know, I also think it's a good idea not to rush it. Probably like a measured, Yo, yeah. a measured sure. approach is the best way to go. If uh, any politicians ever heard of that, I don't think any in America have, but you know, like whatever. Um, and it's important <laughs> to me that people make money because then they got money in their pockets and that's, uh, you know, they got to be walking around with that stuff. It's no good if... Uh, oh, yeah, all, yeah, no. You know, you need the gitas in your pockets, dude. Like, you need to make some bank. Like, I, I hear you, dude. Right now, I'm not working. There's, like, a lot, plenty of other Canadians that are not really working. But it's got to be patient and, you know, play your cards right so uh, so that at least you have jobs to go back to post this quarantine, right? So Yeah, and, so, like... Yeah, pretty interesting all over. Yeah, and, like, living people to go, you know, go to your businesses and stuff. And uh, you <laughs> yeah, know. you want them to be alive. Yeah, yeah. I don't want. Yeah, I don't. I mean, look, I'm not opposed to zombie movies, but I don't know if I want some zombies in in <laughs> right? my workspace. You know what I mean? Like eating brains and uh, spreading spreading a uh, rabid, infectious, uh, rage induced uh, eating habits. Nah, it's bullshit, man. I don't want that shit. I want. <laughs> yeah. I, I would appreciate healthy people coming to my the workplace I'm a part of to spend money and to enjoy live music. At least semi healthy people, right? You know, it's like yeah. At, I mean, help beggars can't be choosers. So, like, as healthy as possible, realistically, I mean, right uh I'm not, I'm not a diva when it comes to people's like health levels but i mean uh yeah just like a, a notch above a notch above zombie and a notch under like um like you remember danny devito like uh frank reynolds uh frank reynolds from oh, so yeah. sunny in philadelphia when he oh, freaks out about germs and he shaves all his eyebrows and puts himself in purell like a level yeah. under that a lender a level under purity and a level over zombie is like a perfect uh, a perfect uh, candidate to be um, a patron. <laughs> that sounds great to me. Yeah, I, I, I fucking I don't know. I I would like to feel Perel all over my body, but I think it would just dry my skin out real bad. Probably more like oh, dude, it'd be disgusting. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it'd be that good. But maybe, I mean, maybe like coconut oil or something. That that sounds delicious. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get nice smooth skin. You smell nice. That's yeah, right. Good. No, I, I like that. I, yeah, coconut. It's like health. I'm assuming it's healthier. It's like less chemicals and oh, for sure. more uh, natural. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, before we keep going like this, um, we should explain yeah. to people uh, what exactly you do. Uh, be and I'm not even sure exactly what you do to be honest. <laughs> um, because I know that you're involved with the Bovine Sex Club, but I don't know yes. to what exactly what capacity. So maybe oh, okay. uh, explain that. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll explain. It. My name is Gabe Curry. Um, I'm the talent buyer slash booking manager slash promoter. I don't know what you want to call the exact title, but sure. uh, I guess promoter. government wise, I'm the talent buyer slash promoter for the bovine sex club. It's one of Toronto's oldest rock clubs. One, there's a handful of uh, badass rock clubs in the city, but we're, uh, we just, ce we celebrated 29 years a couple months ago. And, uh, yeah, we've been around for a while. We put on like uh, punk rock, metal, hardcore, uh, ska, garage rock, literally anything um uh that ha is loud and induces a party and uh yeah, yeah that's the, that's what i do i also work freelance with bands i do press for bands i'm also a musician uh i've been playing bass for uh going on 1000 years and <laughs> uh and uh, and also i'm a stand-up comic i've been doing stand-up for about seven years and uh yeah i did shows all over the country and all over the u.s and oh, yeah. some cool shit nice yeah excellent um yeah i mean i know you're always there and uh you know obviously you helped us set up that uh we did the dj night there right oh, yeah of course we yeah did. yeah the interrupter yeah after the interrupter show at the danforth yeah that was so much fun man that was <laughs> that was that was a lot of fun it's uh, it was nice to see you and bradford 
not fighting necessarily and yeah. literally just getting drunk and dancing on stage because throughout the whole throughout your set he's constantly trying to uh enforce the law on you oh and i know he's a dick. and trying to arrest you it's kind of taxing it's like okay dude get, you know get over it it's like 500 tours you've been on and you still haven't arrested these guys it's like let them go you, you know, know what, dance with them and he did that i think i thought that it's very nice you know it's nice to see that you know it's not a police state anymore it's just that's two right. cats one's a burglar one's a law enforcement and they're yeah. fucking you know doing the worm on stage while listening to uh notorious big at the bovine it was a really <laughs> nice thing that's right it helps that officer bradford i think he moonlights as like a bartender slash like dj party dude um, <laughs> yeah which yeah. is i think that's kind of like almost uh i don't know he it's like he wants to be a cop real bad but he fucking sucks at it so then he's like well guess i'll just do something that allows me to like consume copious amounts of booze as well so i can get over the fact that i suck at my real job and it's like yeah buddy all right i get that um yeah he's a lot more fun when he's partying and stuff instead of being a dick yeah, you yeah. know yeah. yeah, when he's half in the bag. Oh, sure. I mean, look, for the most part, I think uh, I think a lot of people can agree it's either two, two uh, polar opposites. It's either someone is super, like, you, someone's when they're drunk, they're, like, really digestible, and you can party with them, and you're like, oh, this is yeah. amazing. And some people, when they're drunk, it's almost like, I can't be in the same time like time zone as you. You know what I mean? I need to be away from you. And it seems like the chemistry you guys have, it's, like, appealing, where you're just like, oh, I want to be your homie, and I almost want to dance and, and have fun and take off my shirt, but keep my mask on. Like, that was great. Like, honestly, that was really... Oh, it's, uh, yeah. it's nice to Always see people have fun on stage, dude. Yeah, that's right. And we did that. I, we fucking killed ourselves with the DJ parties on that uh, tour, though. <laughs> yeah. It was like... And you had... A, you had uh, how many did you do that tour? Like, you did, a, what, at least 10, 12? Like, oh, we did, like, did yeah, quite a few. at least. Like, uh, it ended up just being, like, way too much because I got the idea to do it thinking, like, hey, this will be a nice way to, like, hang out with fans and like do yeah. something after the show because they were all like shows that got done early and then you know it's like a lot of times oh, yeah. you're you, you get done with the show and then it's like all right guess we'll just go to like a hotel or something and hang out with yeah. the same fucking guys all night and like probably drink a few beers or whatever until we pass out but it's like yeah. maybe if you plan something else afterwards, you can yeah, like I said, engage with the fans and like have a yeah. good time and uh, you know make every night like a little special. But then I got a hold of uh, this lady. Oh, do you know Sarah Lit? She's from there. Oh, Sarah. Yeah, Sarah's a bud. I actually just spoke to Sarah earlier today. Actually, yeah, Sarah's Sarah's wicked. Sarah's yeah, Sarah's she's, a good egg. She's great and she's very good at her job because uh, basically uh, yeah, she linked us together. I think yeah. she, I think she uh, linked us together. I think she's the one that. Um, like three-way emailed uh, you and I, I think, or I don't know if it was your agent or not, but yeah, I, I think she, Sarah's the one that facilitated all that. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, she basically uh, acted as our agent, although she was kind of doing it for, uh, you know, what do you call that? Uh, Quasimodo, quo pro, no. Whatever that is where you like do something <laughs> basically for free. Um, yeah, pro bono. Yeah, that's the one, pro bono. Who, start, who started that term? I don't no, no I, like, I think it was that the Latins think about did the lat the like, Greeks what does that mean? I don't know like literally bono like I mean the two bono like there's bono there's bono from you two and then there's it's, sunny bono that's right you, you know rest in peace so pro like are you uh for bono like are you for ski accidents like what the fuck does pro bono mean yeah I'm not a huge fan of either of those guys but you know like uh bono <laughs> yeah i don't know but it's, i know what you, mean. you gotta learn how that's to weird. speak latin i guess that's what yeah it is. i guess, I, uh, guess. <laughs> I guess um but <laughs> yeah but it was great because she came in and yeah we met her through melanie k who uh she's oh, been yeah. helping me out with some of the podcast stuff giving me lots of like yeah. her people to come be melanie on the show is the stuff. best what i do for oh, freelance yeah. when i do freelance press for bands uh melanie is like my mentor for that like Oh, she's I, uh, great. At it. I interned for her once for a little music festival, and I nice. learned a lot of stuff from Melanie. Melanie is a really, really cool cat. She worked super hard to be like, like the queen of Canadian punk. Like she literally knows. Yeah. She knows everyone, oh, and yeah. she literally worked with everyone. Yeah, she Melanie's super badass. She used to put. She put on a show, I think, for Bad Brains when she was a teenager in Ottawa. Like that's so cool. Yeah, like that's <laughs> like that's, that's so amazing badass. to know like, too. Like I always think of her like the way she is now. She's, you know, she's cool, but she's like. Super chill. It's it's funny to think of her as like being a teenager and like kind of like possibly be even more involved with the fucking shit, like putting on shows like that. Yeah, shit. That, that's so cool. I remember, I don't know if it was her. I think, okay, she did Um, like Damien Abraham from Fucked Up. He has a podcast called Turned Out a Punk and he had Melanie Kay on and Melanie was talking about her life growing up in, in Ottawa 
uh, which is uh, the capital of Canada, and um, yeah. Ottawa had a, a solid small punk scene. And yeah, Melanie was talking about how like she came up in that and like used to put on shows. And it's wow, it was really fucking cool. Melanie's really badass, very inspirational. Yeah, well, I've been talking to her a lot about like doing stuff, and I'm keep being like, yeah, you should come on a podcast, and she keeps being like, yeah, we should talk. <laughs> she won't like <laughs> you know, yeah she stops there i don't know my it, hopefully i'll get around one of these days but but any, anyway yeah like she hooked us up with hooked me up with sarah lit and then sarah yeah. was like all right i'll book you some uh dj parties and i kind of gave her a list of like when i thought possibly we could do them and she basically filled yeah. every fucking night <laughs> that i gave her a yeah. list for and i was like holy shit and it was like all right we're gonna do it and then fucking halfway through it was like oh god this is just grueling because you know it was it was one thing if it was going to be like a couple nights a week then we do like an extra after bar or well, not after bar but like you know after show thing yeah, yeah, yeah. but after, then it was like party for the show yeah but then it was like every other night and then it was like three nights in a row and it was like oh god we gotta do and we, we night, have to keep and drinking. the night that you guys the yeah. night that you guys did bovine dude was a 4 a.m last call so we had an extended oh, yeah. license that night so that night was like even later yeah like yeah i, I think you guys were done by like 3 3 30 in the morning oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it was uh you know it was double-edged sword a little bit or whatever and uh yeah you know but it was a great time don't know if we'll do it again but uh you yeah. know maybe in a like a lower capacity or whatever like <laughs> definitely no of those no, no more of those three nights in a row maybe not going till four in the morning or whatever but uh yeah, you yeah. Know, good times yeah no no it was i'm really happy that that came into fruition to be honest like i was really um it's though i i personally think at first i i thought like um like dj after parties for certain shows that like that were at other venues i felt i thought they were kind of weird um but then um prior to you guys uh frank turner did one uh oh, like yeah. a, a couple months before and he was super nice he was so cool and he just had fun like he was just up there and all like a bunch of fans were taking pictures with them and hanging out and doing yeah. shots and frank frank turner sold out three nights at the phoenix like you guys played the phoenix right uh yeah I yeah we did play, right like and and that's where i think you were supposed to play with lesson jake coming up that sh that tour that got postponed that's with, right with uh, lesson jake and Lagwagon. but like they did three nights at the feet like frank tanner sold out three nights at the phoenix that's crazy that's huge that's yeah like, for sure fuck that's a couple thousand people and then he's just hanging out at a club that fits max like one you know uh like less than 200 people and he's just hanging out doing shots and like talking right. about the offspring well, with fans like that's, yeah. so, that's really cool it's really really refreshing to see that and you guys did the same shit yeah. i think that's really humbling to see bands do that and like you know you're going to be tired but at least you get to make your fans happy and ultimately you have get to have a fun time you know it's cool like and, that. and that's the thing that was actually the other thing that made us kind of realize we wanted to do the dj thing is because we're like well we're probably you know especially in the case of like the bovine it, it doesn't matter like who we're on tour with or whatever we always end up hanging out there you know yeah so, and i noticed that too the other times you guys come you come hang out there which is cool so uh i don't know it just uh it's nice to one like i said it's nice to see that yeah. and um encouraging it uh oh i lost you bud oh hello hey sorry i don't know what happened there but i lost you <laughs> um hopefully that oh, doesn't, doesn't keep happening oh, shit what hello hey i don't know what the fucking problem is uh it ain't my data, so hopefully this yeah. just works now. <laughs> okay, nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, we lost steam, though. What the fuck were we talking yeah, we, about? Uh, yeah, we kind of did. What were we talking about? Um, well, you're talking about, you're talking about like the... Um, uh, it just, just, just like being like being on the road and after the show, it, it oh, is yeah. plausible that you'd be exhausted and maybe you don't want to party with people and stuff, yeah. which is like understandable. But, you know, if the show's early enough and, I don't know, like, what if you do make those extra, like, 30 to 40 fans that much happier that, like, I don't know, that's kind of, that's a cool, I, once again, I just think it's fucking rad that you guys did that shit. Yeah. And, and I don't know, somehow you took your shirt off and your mask uh, <laughs> stayed on your face. Absolutely. Uh, I'm good at that. But, uh, yeah, but also, <laughs> like, I think where we were at was, like, hanging out at the bovine. We always end up doing that anyway. So it's like, yeah. why not throw a DJ party and have, like, a real reason for us to be there? And, like, yeah. you know, then they you guys give us drink tickets then, too. So that's helpful as well. Yeah. Oh, oh dude, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And hopefully we attract a little more business for you guys and everything like that. 
it's all good yeah. stuff um wait oh, there was like a i think wasn't there like an open mic or some kind of thing going on before we did our dj set too like i feel okay. like i remember um, that being a thing Okay, the DJ set you guys did. There was a uh, a show. There was like three. There's three bands. Yeah, like a full on uh, show. You guys. Yeah. It was a really good show. Yeah. Yeah, um, I remember it was. It was. Zeroed, zeroed acids and Zuku. Like these, like I don't know, artsy, like artsy kind of melodic punk bands. Anyways, really cool bands. Uh, yeah. Um, like I'm really glad that like everything gelled together because the because they didn't want to add a fourth band, but you guys could have only realistically started later, so it worked so well. Yeah. And. The time with the open mic, when you guys toured with um, Direct Hit, when you played the Hard Luck, that was on a Monday. And Monday nights, we normally have, uh, we normally have uh, open mics. Like, uh, and it's mainly for music, but like every now and then, like a couple, com- like I show up to do stand up there every now and then because there's no other comics and oh, yeah. musicians that are waiting, musicians waiting for their turn to go up there and play like Wagon Wheel or some fucking <laughs> uh, Chuck Reagan cover, you know what oh, I mean, yeah. or whatever it is. Like, you know, they're just as much of a stranger as a stranger from a comedy show. So yeah, right. Um, and that's what happened that night was uh, the I, I mean the the quote unquote after party after that Hard Luck show with Direct Hit. You guys showed up to the open mic, and I think you showed up. And was that was that Young Rochelle? Were Young Rochelle's on that tour too? Oh, oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, that would have been yeah, that those one. Those guys, yeah, that's it. Those Absolutely. guys were there. I remember seeing you guys show up while I was on stage trying to do material, and yeah. all it ended up being was me just roasting these strangers in, in the front. <laughs> and uh, I remember why that. not? It was a really interesting night. Hell yeah! Well, that's yeah. great. And how is the the comedy scene in Toronto doing? Since you're a part of that. Uh, like currently as we speak. Like well, yeah, nothing's quarantine. happening currently, I guess. Uh, I well, guess that, I mean well, in general. The thing is, um, there's like, I mean, there's a handful of people doing as much like uh, live Instagram, like Instagram live shows or Twitch yeah. shows, which is cool. You know, like always keeping, um, like keeping busy. Because like realistically, what else do you have to do? I mean, you could like write more material or do a podcast or have like an online show. Even if you get like an extra seven people looking at your shit on Instagram while they're on the toilet, it doesn't matter. It's the same difference <laughs> as like, it's the same difference as doing it at a, at a, at a bar that lets you do a show for two hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's actually pretty fun. I did one the other night and I had a couple extra followers on Instagram and they're chatting to, to chatting with me and stuff. It's pretty cool. Prior to that, dude, Toronto is Toronto is like the, Indirectly, Toronto is kind of like the New York of Canada in that respect. Like a lot of oh, most yeah. of the comedy scene is made up of expats. Like I'm not even from Toronto. I'm from Montreal. That's where I'm from. Wow. I moved to Toronto in 2013, um, partially to work in the music industry and partially to just to get better at stand up. Oh yeah, and I mean I would, yeah, I yeah, can see that. I, I would say I succeeded in both. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm way funnier, and I ha- I make a living and pay rent off of working in the music industry. So that's great. Uh, I kind of work. But yeah, Toronto I wish I could do that. that for that. So there's literally Monday to Sunday. There's like there's a lot to see, a lot to be a part of if you want to get into stand up or even sketch. I mean, think about it like um, Second City, like SCTV oh, and yeah. Second City uh, started in both Chicago and Toronto. Like, you know, so it's a long history. of improv Oh, yeah. Well, so. I've heard about that. Yeah. And yeah. Right? And so. that's why there's so many fucking, you know, there's a lot of like big time people always just probably just think they're like from America or something. But like. A lot of Canadians uh, end up like you know being really famous comedians and uh, in huge movies and stuff and make it in like Hollywood and stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, Jim Carrey. Yeah, uh, fucking, Mike Myers, well, Dan Aykroyd, yeah. one of those guys, or is he from? Sorry, I don't know. Dan Aykroyd. There's, there's yeah, like Dan some Aykroyd's people from, from Kingston, that area. Yeah, something like that. John That's Candy, cool. Catherine O'Hara, oh, yeah. Eugene Levy. Uh, and now currently like Russell Peters is easy. One of the biggest international stand-up comics. I mean, disregarding if people like his material or not, it doesn't make a difference. The guy sells out fucking stadiums yeah. in like Dubai. I don't know. So him, it's like, but oh, Russell, he, Russell Peters is from Toronto. He's a, he's an Indian dude from Toronto. Super funny. Um, he, he was kind of one of the first comics to really blow up via YouTube. Oh, like someone uploaded nice. his like one of his comedy specials in on in, in, in like a Canadian comedy special and put on YouTube in like the early two thousands and it blew up and appropriately, like he's been doing stand up for a long time and worked really hard to get where he's at. And nice. and he's a product of Toronto. Like when he when he opens up his shows, it says like the Pride of Brampton, Ontario, which is like a suburb of Toronto. The Pride of Brampton, <laughs> Ontario, <laughs> nice. Russell Peter, which is sick, you know, it's cool. So there's yeah. a lot of definitely a lot of funny fucking Canadians, that's for sure. Hell yeah. Um, and there's and, so many more too like it's really impressive oh yeah and that's the thing like you know there's gonna be more if you actually go there um because it's it's kind of like punk rock i feel in that aspect of like when you get a scene going 
because there's a lot of people that are doing the same thing. You know, maybe maybe they fucking bounce things off of each other or it just kind of it just kind of like happens all together. That's kind of how punk rock scenes get going. And yeah. uh, I can see the, the comedy scene being kind of kind of the same type of deal. It is, man. It's pretty. It's it's um. It's uh when like alt, when like alt comedy started to happen in the nineties yeah. in New York and I guess maybe some parts of LA or San I can't remember exactly but like when because it's just basically like doing comedy shows but not at a club or affiliated with the club and when you start kind of making it DIY yeah it it it, it expands it in that respect and it kind of gives opportunity for anyone to you know give it a shot and try it and man when I moved to Toronto from Montreal and I started to stand up in Montreal I did it but for about nine months until I moved to Toronto and like when I moved here. Um, I was like starry eyed and I was like, okay, I can't wait to do this. I'm going to make it. And then <laughs> I started doing open mics and certain shows and you see the list and there's like 45 comedians signed up for a, a shitty open mic and it's like 1030 and, and you're like 38th on oh, the yeah. 45 comics. And oh, it's man. like, and you realize there's so many people and it's kind of, it, if sometimes it feels like it's dog eat dog and it's like, you know, you got to, you know, hit as many mics as you can write material, you know, Hope that hope that it's funny. Work hard, which is true. But at the same time, like everyone's pretty cool. Like I made a lot of wicked friends through stand up in both Montreal and here that like I consider really good buds. And like we, yeah, indirectly. And a lot of times you end up, you know, bouncing. You do bounce ideas off of each other or right. uh, collaborate with each other and stuff. You know, so yeah. it's it's really it's fun. It's fun and it, it's a lot more punk rock than people think it is. Yeah, and I I think that's good to know because I think. You know, people expect that with punk rock when you get shows like I remember back in the day too, like it's it's changed over time. And I have, uh, you know, like my own fucking conspiracy theories or whatever you want to call it about why (laughs) things changed. But, uh, you know, it was like, uh, you know, when in the the scenes that we were involved in, it was a lot of like, uh, you know, well, you're into pop punk. Well, cool, but you're still going to end up going to the crust punk show and, and, and yeah. you're going to see some hardcore tonight. Well, whatever. It's like everybody was at every fucking show because they were all yeah. about like the scene and promoting it and everything. And that I feel like that's kind of uh, cooked into the whole like punk rock way of things. Um, so it's oh, nice the, to the know ethos, that the ETHO is there. Totally. The yeah. ETHO is, is um, the ETHO was like borrowed and adapted within so many other subcultures or subgenres of whatever. Yeah. Um, because like you have to, it's, it's that thing. Where it's like, you want it done well, you want it done properly. You got to do it yourself. Right. Yeah. So it's DIY. You know, it's, right? And, and it's, it DIY from, you know, whether it be, you know, like let's say like, uh, you know, from when you guys started to a comic who wants to try some shit out and he lives in Austin, Texas and he has to find, you know, he finds a local cafe that has open mic on like Wednesdays, whatever, you know what I yeah. mean? It's like, it's just, it's still very, the rudimentary, uh, origins of it. Like it is, it's so similar. They cross, they, um, like they, 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 they cross paths a lot and it's, uh, it's, I don't, I don't know. It's cool. It makes it really, it's, it makes it a lot more tangible. So. Yeah, it's wonderful. Guitar players, I bet you thought you were shit out of luck when it comes to finding your dream guitar or amp. You know, you go on some auction site or something and it's all crap. <laughs> yeah, well that's because, you know, you gotta look in the right place. And the right place is Yeah Man's Vintage and Used Guitars. They got exactly what you're looking for. Now I know what you're thinking. Aren't they located in like Switzerland or something? Yeah man, they are. Burn Switzerland to be exact, but you know, you can uh, get on the internet and you can go check out the website, yeahmansguitars.com, and uh, you can order stuff on there. So, uh, you know, it don't really matter where the heck you are in the world, you can just get on their website and uh, find all sorts of cool stuff that you're looking for, and you might not even know that you wanted it until you see it on there, and there's a lot of good stuff. Uh, if you got something specific you're looking for and need some help finding it, just hit up Yeah Man Guitars on the electronic mail. That's the email. It's like 21st century and you got email and websites. It's like amazing. Some people would call it magic. Some people would call it science. I just call it, I don't know, crazy shit. Uh, yeah Man's Guitars at gmail.com. As far as email goes, it's where you email them. And while you're at it, get your band a tour in Europe and stop out of shop. Michael and the rest of the crew would love to meet you, I'm sure. And you could tell them Green sent you. Yeah, man's vintage and used guitars. 
I ain't true to maniacs. Are you in a band? The answer is, of course you are. Everybody's in a fucking band these days. Anyway, if you're in a band, congratulations. I'm making the worst financial decision of your life. Aside from taking out college loans or something, yeah. Now there is a way to lessen the burden of such a financial decision. It's called merchandising. And Stupid Rap Merch Company is all ready to meet your merchandising needs. You want uh, some t-shirts? Uh, you want got a tight deadline you need them printed on? And because you booked a tour less than a month out and uh, you didn't get canceled like everybody else's tours did? Uh, how about a bunch of weird random trinkets like keychains or medallions and what about koozies? You know, like everybody likes koozies. Koozies are great because they keep your drink cold and your hand warm or vice versa depending on what you're drinking. Stupid Red Merch Company can get all these made for you. Stupid Red Merch Company is an in-house artist who can help you with your designs and stuff. They're still a small enough company that uh, they pay special attention to you and your special needs because, you know, everybody's got special needs. Like, uh, you know, you probably mostly. And uh, they even got a web store. That's where the real magic is. You go on tour and you sell your stuff, but chances are you're going to have some left over or some fans are going to feel like left out because they didn't have enough money to buy something at your show. So they go on a stuporedmerch.com and find stuff from your band on there. They'll take care of all your production and shipping fulfillment needs. So go ahead, go on a stupid merch company web store. Right now, and uh, check out all the tight bands that are already on there. They got a bunch of them, like got uh, the Bomb Pops and like the Bad Cop, Bad Cop and stuff. It's all good. Uh, yeah. Uh, all sorts of cool swag. And uh, right now, right now, if you go on there and you, at checkout, you use the code PRISON, you can get 15% off all of the uh, Stupid Red merch branded apparel uh, at stupidredmerch.com. Go check it out. And it, it makes a lot of sense that it would happen in, in comedy because it's like, yeah, you got to have a community. And there's so much, dude, there's so much shit out there. Like how, like, there's so much going on. You know, you might not have, you know, I don't know. Just like there's so many reasons why you might not be uh, a regular at a comedy club or maybe on a booking agency for this or blah, blah, blah. But if you love comedy and you want to make your name in your community, then yeah. yeah, why don't you start your own show? And the show, the show theme is dogs, and every <laughs> show you got to bring a picture of your dog, and there you, you have to write a joke about a dog, like whatever. You know what I mean? There's so many random, sh- and and that's just like somewhere like Toronto, like New York is, like uh, I've been I've done a handful of shows in New York within the last year, and it's crazy how many shows per borough that there are. That there are oh, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's like it's a crazy thing now that with social media and like you know especially with social media. It's like a, it's a whole other, it's like an extra tool to put out, to put out your sketch show, to put out your fucking crust punk bands, new EP right. that is only like 70 seconds long. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> like all that it's, it's uh yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, it's always, it's always good to get like, to, to, to get reminded of that, you know, keep humble. Absolutely. And so you were saying something earlier about, uh. You know, I, I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of uh, live streaming of bands and stuff. But were you saying that there's like a there's kind of like a comedy circuit for that too for live streaming? Yeah, there's been there's been a handful. Yeah, I mean, different people put on shows or different people do like. St- I mean, it's kind of tough to. It's a little <laughs> bit more difficult to land material when right. you don't necessarily have an That's audience. That's what I was wondering about. So, yeah. <laughs> right. So it's a little bit awkward, but um, like I did a show the other night. It was just it's like a it's like a talk show. So I, yeah. I called in, my friend hosts it, and I called in, uh, we just joked about a couple things, and then there was a timer, and once the timer was done, like, that was my time. And, oh, like, yeah. that was it, you just talk shit, and, like, you know, it's also good to exercise that muscle of coming up with jokes or funny ideas on, on the fly, and uh, and the last show that I'd done, like, that was just like that, too, it was more of like a talk show, because there's only so much, yeah, like, tonight, I don't know how it's gonna go, but, because I have a comedy show tonight at 11, but I don't know if oh, it's right. gonna be, like, a talking thing, or if I have to do four minutes of material with no verbal validation <laughs> like i don't know like but there is a thing it's a way to keep busy i mean I, it's probably the same probably the same for musicians i haven't done uh i haven't performed like you know zoom or twitch or anything like that uh yeah. yet or i don't know if i will but it's probably the same kind of thing but it's a way to keep busy and to keep uh, you know to keep uh keep, to keep people limber in that respect you know yeah that's right you gotta you know keep alive it's it's a weird thing because like I, I keep saying, I don't know when it's going to be like overkill with all the live streaming and stuff, but I guess, you know, we'll know it when it, when it happens, right? Like, hopefully it won't get yeah. to that point. Hopefully we'll be, you know, back out on the streets soon enough 
like I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to like, you know, some of these people are like, let me fucking go get my hair cut and it's more important than everybody's health. And I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah, not. It's you so could cut your own fucking hair. Um, but, uh, you yeah, know, uh, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Just cut your own fucking hair. Right? I don't understand. <laughs> like, like did, did they never, did they never go to art school and have a liberal arts degree? Just cut your own fucking hair. <laughs> I, I guarantee those, those, those people, uh, definitely did not most go to, of them did not go to school sure. or school in but general, yeah. you know, or, or even school, even get an academic background for that matter. Yeah. Who, who knows? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of taxing. Cause it's not just in the U S there's people like that in Canada too, that are like, fed up and they want to they want to go back to work and get uh, their nails done or yeah. get uh or get their bangs trimmed it's like okay come on yeah well and like, i dude, get it's it like, it's like dude why do you have bangs one and second whatever like just get your buddy to cut it or get your yeah. your, your roommate to chop them off i don't know well so and weird. it's like i get where they're coming from it's a bummer having to be uh cooped up the whole time but it's these same people who are like you know preparing like they're, they're like preppers and stuff it's like well you know, this is what you've been preparing for. Hunker down, bud. You you gotta fucking yeah. like get. Where's your bunker? Where's all your canned goods? You gotta fucking like hide out for a while. Yeah, where's your you corn? should be ready for this. Weren't you ready for this? What's your problem? And uh, you know, it's like also it's like you, you, they act all tough with these guns and stuff. Like I don't know if that's what's going on in uh, Canada, but I know it happened in like uh, Michigan and like yeah, there was Lansing. A one in Wisconsin. Well, you know what's crazy, man. We recently had like, Canada is not a big gun place, just in general. Yeah. Like you, yeah, like, well, you know, you could, if you you know, get your registration. You could pro- something you know, one way or another, purchase a gun to go hunting and stuff like that, yeah. which is understandable and it's in within you know Canadian culture to an extent, you know, rural Canadian culture. But the I don't know, a month or two ago, there was a dude in Halifax, uh, no, sorry, Nova Scotia. I can't remember where, which is Atlantic Canada, like East Coast. Yeah, and uh, the guy, uh, like, he it was like a big shooting. Like he killed, like a, like he killed a handful like i don't know how many people i don't know exact information All right. but there was a big shooting and our prime minister had to like put restrictions on what kind of guns were made available oh, to the yeah. public because it's you know it's it, it got it got too out of hand and especially like, during quarantine like, it was crazy those people were helpless and yeah it's kind of fucked man gun the gun thing is crazy it's a really interesting d- discussion to be honest yeah well yeah and we could obviously go on and on about that but the only point i was trying to make is like when these guys go, do these rallies and yeah. first of all, they're, they're, they're protesting against like, uh, you know, social distancing and everything, Excuse but me, they're yeah. also out in public wearing masks. So they're like adhering to the rules, but then like protesting <laughs> yeah, the rules, <laughs> but then they got guns and it's like, yeah, it's you conflicting cry babies with your big guns acting all tough. It's like, they're just, yeah. it's like, it's like when a little kid has a fucking temp- temper tantrum. And they yeah. start like rolling around on the ground crying, and by the end of it, they yeah, don't even yeah. know what the fuck they're fucking crying about. Anyway, yeah, they, they, that's the they, way they I feel about, about politics. Their Game Boy. They wanted their Game Boy, and they forgot within like a couple minutes. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's kind of <laughs> annoying and scary because that, that's the thing is like when it has when an attitude like that gets like displayed on you know social media or news outlets or whatever, it gets other people questioning and thinking yeah. about how they feel about the quarantine and. Um, yeah, we all indirectly all need to work together in order to flatten this curve so certain businesses could successfully, you know, reopen and have uh, markets, you know, restart and everything. That's including live music, right? Like, both oh, you yeah. and I indirectly are kind of like... Oh, on not the, even... Like on, a, on like a... Not even indirectly. Not even indirectly. Like, directly. Like, everything... Like, yeah, thousand, you yeah, know, yeah <laughs> Everything's done right now. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think we I'm, still got... Technically have a show set up uh, with, with the Less Than Jake and Lagwagon tour. I think it's still technically got rescheduled for like June or something, but it's, I don't even know where we are on that. So I don't like to comment on it because I haven't been paying no, close that's enough fair. attention. No, that's fair. That's I'm like, I get it's, that, it's, it's, I have no idea if it's going to happen this year, to be honest. And like, nobody does. It's like, they don't know. No, man. No promoters know. It's like, we're trying to get it done because there's so many people, uh, you know, p- people's livelihoods involved that you just, you yeah, know, you want it to happen, but it's like really, I don't know. It looks pretty bleak. Um, but because yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the people like some people are out of work because their workplace is like put on a pause. But then when right. like for certain industries, when the pause is removed and the quarantine's done, 
it'll go back to kind of normal with like live music capacities of venues are going to change oh yeah um, money money situations between agents and the talent buyers for certain clubs are going to change no one's going to walk around being like yeah can i get two grand to headline your club two weeks after quarantine it's like fuck no we weren't open for three months i'm not giving anyone money it's a door <laughs> <Yeah>. split <laughs> and a couple drink tickets shut your mouth or you're not playing a show <laughs> like or yeah. book your own show at a fucking in your basement or something i don't know you know what i mean it's going to be a whole for us like it's a, a lot of the, I mean, there's always articles being posted by different outlets saying how live music is going to change. Dave Grohl wrote a thing about live music, which is beautiful, sure. But it's like really intense when it's places, let's say, you know, like Bullvine or whatever, smaller spots that it's like uh, things are going to be uh, physically a lot more different. And oh, yeah. um, in order to uh, in order to get there sooner, we all have to work together. And that's, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a uh, you know, wishful thinking there, but, you know, PMA, right? Positive mental attitude. That's right positive mental attitude i think that's a good thing to say and think about and uh yeah you know it's 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 the way you know like i think that's also why uh i believe you know that things will uh be better in the live entertainment industry because there are so many communities even if it's not like punk rock or comedy like all the other things you got they all come together as a community and say like hey we uh we're doing this and we got to make it happen, but we're going to do it the right way. And, uh, yeah, yeah. it'll oh, be absolutely. interesting to see yeah, what happens, but I believe it will, uh, you know, happen. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Cause if you don't, if you don't try to like, um, c- c- contribute by, you know, self quarantining or wearing a mask or blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's going to like, it's going to take longer. It's like, uh, it's just so, it's really counterintuitive. Like it's so dumb. It's like, the more you make a stink, the longer it's going to take to potentially have your job back or your workplace reopen or your yeah. favorite fucking hairdresser, you know, or I don't know. What's that place? First Cuts or uh, Cut Save? What's that place there in the U.S.? Like the like the oh, discount hair like hair salon there in malls, what's it called? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Like uh, Easy Cuts or some shit. That easy? Is that the one? <laughs> That's like, yo, like, 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 just, if you shut your mouth, like, guys, like, stay home. You know, Lansing, Michigan, stay home. And then you go to Easy Cuts in maybe two weeks instead of five. Yeah, you know, like yeah, right. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Fucking grow that shit out too, man. Like it looks good, probably if you got it. Yeah, it. yeah, absolutely. all right. <laughs> Imagine like use that as a campaign to get people to stop complaining about not getting their haircuts. Like you'll probably look good with long hair. Grow long hair. That's I'm right. Balding, whatever. Get, <laughs> yeah. get a get a Phil Collins. Get a Phil Collins haircut. Doesn't That's matter. right. Phil yeah. Collins looks great, and you could grow a beard too. And it'll be wonderful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's I. I'm, I'm bald and like I have a beard. Yeah. What? I mean, I'll be less special, but it's nice to not care and just let hair on your face grow. Like, whatever. Fuck it. Do it. You know. Come on, Lansing. <laughs> yeah. So I want to uh, before we get too long here, uh, talk about you for a minute in like uh, yeah. your experience. You said you're originally from Montreal and yeah. moved moved to Toronto to hit it big and succeeded in that. But so like. Uh, what was it like, uh, you know, like being a young lad in Montreal and everything that goes along with that? So, sorry, what was the question you wanted to ask me? How it was being a young lad in Montreal? Yeah, you know, like uh, being into music and comedy and everything that you were into uh, in that scene. It was, it was, I mean, look, uh, now you played shows in Montreal. I know for a fact I've seen you at Pooza. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, you know, and, and you've been like Montreal has a really good punk scene and, and it has for a long time. We play a and, Fufs um, a lot. Yeah. Oh, f- dude, Fufs is, okay, uh, indirectly, because Fufs has been around longer, like, Bovine is kind of like uh, an equivalent to Fufs. Oh, yeah. Where it's I like that, that's... It's, it's, that, it's, it's that punk rock staple. If you're a punk yeah. rocker, you gotta, you got to do a shot of Jaeger at either. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. Like, yeah. And that's where I grew up. And my and, and Fufs was the first club I went to um, at 16. I, bar- I, had my fr- I had a fake idea on my friend's library card yeah. that said I was born in 85. Um, and I, it, I going to that, want. going to Fuffs, changed. It, I don't want to say it changed my life, but it definitely opened a big fucking door. Cause uh, back in the day on Saturday night, they just had a DJ that played literally whatever. It would be like Beastie Boys, Catch Twenty Two, ACDC, nice. Sublime, um, Planet Smashers, uh, Enter Sandman by Metallica, and then um, May Sixteen by Lagwagon. It was literally like. All the stuff that I had on my Kazaa or LimeWire back in the day, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. all the shit I would rock on LimeWire or whatever was on these massive big speakers and people are dancing on the same stage that like Kurt Cobain played in the early 90s. And it was just like this, 
punk rock lore about this spot. And the fact that I got in with a fucking library card still blows my brain. And at the <laughs> time, you were able to smoke inside the club. So I, oh, it was my yeah. friend's 18th birthday. And I bought us cigars. So we were smoking cigars on the dance floor, like skanking to like a Boston song. Like it was so silly. Wow. But it was fun as shit. Yeah, it was it was cool. And um, I'm an, I'm an, uh, an Anglo Montrealer. And uh, like I'm an English speaking Montrealer, oh, which yeah. is a, obviously a tremendous. I was English like, I don't know what Montreal. the fuck that means, but okay. <laughs> oh, okay, because because uh, because Quebec, the province of Montreal, is, yeah. is a bilingual right, province, right. right? It's French and English. So I, I, my family is like an English speaking Montreal family. But I mean, we all we're all bilingual. We all speak French. And um, growing up, I remember getting not necessarily picked on, but you know, kids would talk shit. You know, like the English kid. Oh, that's the English kid and point at me or whatever. Huh. But then as you get older and you get into like skateboarding and you meet you know cool cats at the skate park and then when you get into the punk scene you go to a local show with your english speaking friend but then you end up you know bumming a lighter to some group of french punks and then you become friends with those guys and then you yeah. see them at the next local show and then later on you end up playing a show with them like five years later at a club downtown and blah blah, blah. And it was cool man it was a it's a it's a it's a it's a fun it was a very interesting scene, man. It was really cool. And like places like Fuffs uh, and Catacombs or like, you know, rest in peace catacombs. But like, oh, yeah, spots like I, think that we, or I think we've been to catacombs like too. That. I don't know if we played yeah, there. You, but. Oh, yeah, you, oh, yeah, you might have. Uh, um, Puza had a lot of shows, like showcases there. And, oh, yeah. Um, over the years. But uh, yeah, man, Montreal is a really cool punk scene. Stomp Records is like birthed out of Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Planet Smashers and, um, you know, Penske File and, Oh, and yeah. uh, so many different bands over the years. Uh, Bedouin Soundclash, which was huge, and Sub. Anyways, it's just like it had a really dude. Vans Warp tours in Montreal were mental. Like there was I'm so sure. much fun. It was crazy. Yeah, people definitely yeah. like to party there. I mean, you know, Toronto too. But yeah, like, yeah. Toronto too. Toronto too for sure. Uh, I mean, I'm not knocking Toronto. It's like where my career is, and I love the city. I'm a part of this community, and I'm very proud and happy to be a part of it. But yeah. Montreal is my heart and my hometown, and like. Um, for punk rock, especially, it's like magical. Sometimes, like um, especially at Pusa with the outdoor stage, there's a, a portion of the like the fairgrounds where it's free. Like you don't have to have a, a bracelet. And oh, yeah. I would end up linking up with friends from high school that are like, "Oh, wait, hey, are you gonna, are you at Pusa? We want to watch Less Than Jake. You want to come with us?" And like with our kid, like they have kids now and yeah. they're outside and we're watching Less Than Jake together and in downtown in downtown Montreal too, which is what's special because how many other cities do you know that would have like a punk festival, a loud punk festival, smack downtown. Yeah. <laughs> there's I mean? seriously, like it's, it's, there's honestly like two in the world that I know of. Like, and it's like what, maybe Gainesville and Montreal? Yeah, like, it, that, those are the ones. Florida. It's, 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 you know it's I mean? Gainesville but and Montreal. Gainesville's a lot smaller. Yeah. So it's, uh, no, Montreal, Montreal is a really, really, uh, Montreal is a, a really, I'm proud to be a, from there. I'm still proud to be a part of it one way or another, even though I don't currently live there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, growing up, uh, yeah, growing up in Montreal in the punk scene it was definitely a lot of fun, man. It was fucking cool, dude. Oh yeah, I believe it to be true. Um, yeah, good times. Um, I got one last <laughs> question for you. Uh, yeah, unless yeah, you got up? anything else you want to bring up first. Um, geez, okay. So I mean, this is not this is not going up today, is it? No, no. This will be uh, no, no, months no. from now. Honestly, I'm getting pretty ahead of myself. Thanks to Melanie, she's no. been hooking me up with so many bands and stuff. Oh, dude, it's the smartest thing to bank, to bank, like, uh, to bank interviews and stuff. So you have content to put out for sure. Um, oh, yeah. Man, what do I have? I mean, look, a lot of the things I would have loved to have promoted, like, they're indirectly getting, got canceled because of COVID. Yeah. Um, and there's one thing I would love to announce, but I can't till like, another two, three weeks, which sucks. Oh, um, well, it'll be, do, this do will definitely when? be not be out for, uh, I don't know, until you know at least four weeks from now so uh, you could probably shoot oh, or, or really? just let me know okay, the sweet. date um let me know the date and then i'll uh or like the announced date and i'll keep it secret till then at least oh okay okay, okay. um well i'm going to be doing the comedy showcase at fest this year in gainesville florida if, oh, you know knock on wood i don't want nothing to happen but i'm going to be on the comedy showcases on the saturday and the sunday at fest uh nice. so just for more updates about you know com- like you know comedy stuff um coming up into the late summer fall because i wanted to start doing more stuff when more projects and more shows when everything opens up just add me on instagram at yeah. jersey fresh zero five and um uh yeah and if you ever if, if, and also follow the bovine on instagram as well we have a lot of you know when things open back up like i just because i know the calendar we have a lot of cool events coming up too and a lot of cool shows a lot of wicked local bands so uh yeah add the bovine see what's up uh, going on in toronto is a great punk scene and uh 
yeah, that's about it, man. All right. Oh well. Oh, oh want... yeah, and check out my band. <laughs> check out my band, dude. <laughs> yeah, um, do it. I believe it. Uh, I, I want to. Um, I, I play. I play in a badass local skate punk band called uh, Back of the Class, and um, we don't necessarily have anything new, but I mean, this is a nice platform for other punk rockers. So uh, check out Back of the Class if you like Lagwagon and Millencon. So hell yeah. Yeah. So are you, you're doing the fest comedy thing. Are you hosting it, or are you just playing down there? Uh, I'm just going to be performing. I don't. I haven't. I didn't get asked to host, but um, okay. I'm going to be performing uh, this year. So well, yeah, excellent. I'm really excited. I hope, you know, I hope I get to see you down there because. Uh, are you? Are know. you? Are you guys on? Are you guys playing this year? Um, not as of yet. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I don't know. Uh, we we definitely uh, haven't announced anything. Like, I'm kind of oblivious to uh, any shows that we have booked right now because of just the <laughs> way things are. I'm like not even paying attention. I'm like, call me when something is confirmed for sure, and I'll see if I can actually get there because I'm in Germany, and who knows if the travel ban's even fucking a situation we can deal I mean, with, you know? Yeah, that's why. That's why I said like knock on wood. I don't want to jinx anything. I'm hoping that things like cool down and people cooperate, so then we could open borders and etc. Because right. um, all my immediate family lives in the U.S. and I wanted to actually kind of uh, like tour to to, to Gainesville, and do a handful of shows prior to the fest. Oh yeah, um, that's the way to do just, it. Just just you know, why not? I, I I man, everyone talks shit about the South. I I, I love the South. <laughs> like I yeah. think like when when you meet when you do those punk shows or those comedy shows and you meet some cats and it's just like. They're just like you, but in warmer weather, and they speak Spanish, and it's just like, oh, it's just fun meeting. I don't know. I, I think the South is cool, and I'm excited to oh, go yeah. back. Oh yeah, I have a lot of good uh, parents down down in the South. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, like I, the thing is, like, fuck, man, I'm I'm with all this lack of like playing shows, lack of touring stuff. Like, if we were able to like at least go to fest, even if we don't get to play, I don't, I don't know. I almost just want to take a vacation down to Montreal, uh, down, well, yeah, Montreal too, but like Gainesville and fucking hang out and maybe like all the bands that were going to play fest. If it doesn't happen, just show up and we'll hang out outside or something and blast some tunes, tell some jokes. I don't know. We got to yeah, make yeah. something oh, happen. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, dude, I, I'm, I'm into that. It's really, really interesting, man. When I heard of fest, like, 10 12 years ago i was kind of intimidated by the idea of it like all these punks from all over the world drinking pbrs and blah blah blah. (laughs) and then when i finally got to go to fest i'm like yeah there's a bunch of nerds just like me like i could beat up everyone here this is amazing like everyone's right like everyone's everyone's a homie no one's intimidating everyone's accepting and it's like oh it's it's a really magical experience if you like anything weird and alternative and fringy and loud fuck man fest is your shit absolutely i love it i hope it i hope it uh gets to happen but at the same time uh you know <laughs> the the whole term y- y- have you heard of fest aids yeah fe- oh yeah yeah i know fest yeah, yeah that yeah, could yeah. take um, on a whole new whole new uh thing this year if we, if it happens too early this, you know <laughs> yeah yeah fest aids might be a, a, a trigger word to be honest at this point so maybe uh we'll yeah. see we'll see <laughs> We'll could see be. what happens, but yeah, I totally know what you're saying. It gets it gets kind of messy down there. That's right. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, uh, we gotta kind of wrap it up because we're getting long here. But uh, I wanted to ask yeah. you this: the new thing I do on the show, and I'm gonna keep calling it yeah. the new thing I do on the show until I figure out a better way to uh, introduce it. Uh, crime stories. Do you got any crime stories? Um, yeah. Oh man, crime stories. Uh Man, you really, Jesus Christ, what a way to throw a wrench in my thing. Cause honestly, (laughs) to be honest, I'm not, I'm not a very, like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not opposed to rules sometimes. I'm not as, not as mischievous as people think I might be. I'm just more of a dummy class clown guy. I was never really uh, a crime guy. But one thing that was dumb, and I, it definitely technically was a crime because I got a big ticket for it. Um, I was just, when I was 18, I was fed up because, um, there was about a month I didn't have a job, and it was right after I finished uh, a semester of college. And I went to my friend's band's show. The show was free. I had no money. My friend bought me one beer, blah, blah, blah. And at the time, that day, I went skateboarding with a friend that had my camera on me. Yeah. So I just decided – and at the time, I was obsessed with Dane Cook. And Dane Cook had a bit where he said, like, he just takes off – he has, like, snap pants, and he rips off his pants, and he's in his underwear, and he just, like, slaps the floor, and he's like, come on! <laughs> so I just decided to, like, do that, but on St. Laurent Street in my, downtown Montreal, which is – a very busy street like it's a very bu- there's clubs and bars everywhere and uh, i decided to do that at like 11 30 midnight on this i don't know i think it was like a wednesday or thursday night and uh, i was in my i was i was in my socks and my underwear and i was a chubby <laughs> kid and i'm slapping the floor and i'm like come on and then as i finished as i finished yelling while cars are coming up the street uh, i noticed behind the car there was two vans fulfilled with cops 
like Uh-oh. they came out there must have been six cops like it was that's so like, strange like i wasn't really ter- causing that much of a terrifying a yeah and um and they gave me a ticket there was one cop this woman and i and i start to panic and uh when i panic if anything like i speak in english okay uh, just because it's my mother tongue and then and then she started getting mad at me and i was like oh my god and then this one cop was like okay dude like look uh you're you're kind of almost naked like we're gonna have, <laughs> you can't do this like sorry man like he spoke english like he was bilingual and uh they gave me a ticket whatever but then i got cocky the day after because my friend told me like you could contest it i'm like contest it yeah They're like yeah yeah if you don't think you deserve the ticket you could just contest it i'm like really he's like yeah yeah so i filed it because in my head i'm like oh that cop who didn't like the fact that i responded to her in english uh gave me attitude and gave me aggravation so you know what i don't feel like i deserve to get this ticket so that's what i submitted yeah but at the time i lived with my folks so like months later there's a letter coming from the judge the, the justice of like the court of justice of montreal and yeah. my mom's like, what? Like with, with my name on it. And I'm like, she's like, what the heck? So obviously a mom, an Italian mother sees a, a, a <laughs> letter from the government about her son for a court. She's like, what the hell is this? She opens that shit up and she looks at it and it says like drunken public and decent exposure, nudity oh, and blah, blah. So like when I, when I got home, she's like, what is this? I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh well, the, my, my, I was like, I wasn't drunk. She's like, I don't care. You're paying it. I'm like, but I wasn't drunk. The lady was mean to me because I spoke in English. She's like, I told you speak French, be polite. And if you do something stupid, be polite. So that way it doesn't make it worse. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Oh, and then shit. I paid the three hundred dollar ticket or whatever. Yeah, it was really, it was a lot, man. Oh, it was a really strange ticket. Yeah, but that was uh, <laughs> that was probably the dumbest crime, quote unquote. Like, I wasn't drunk, but I was definitely uh, indecently exposed, I guess, to an extent. I mean, <laughs> chubby guy in small exposed. underwears and socks walking around Sailor on Street yelling "Come on!" all the time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's the problem <laughs> with uh, Dan yeah. Cook influenced situations. All right, yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure, bud, and uh, I don't yeah, want to. I should probably me, get going. It. Hell yeah! And I want to talk to you more, you know, later about, uh, you know, maybe uh, some stuff involving the industry and everything. Um, I got some ideas, but we'll do that. You know, we'll we'll do the emails and stuff because it's the twenty first yeah, century and we got technology and whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I, I like, uh, yeah, I like, uh, like your attitude towards that. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, abs- sure. excellent, bud. Uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon then, and uh, you know, stay safe, stay uh, sane, and fucking uh, yeah, we'll talk. Yeah, to you, you soon. too, man. Bump bump the elbows with your with your family and friends, and uh, keep the masks on, and stay positive, and uh, talk to you soon, man. Absolutely, and that's it for the Intruder Green podcast. I want to thank Gabe again for being on it. You can hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Intruder Green. The Intruder Green call in line is plus one six zero eight five three five nine six zero eight. Uh. <laughs> Patreon.com slash IntruderGreen if you want to become a producer of the show. Produced by Colin Bennett, Hair and Makeup, Genevieve Smith, set designed by Dylan Rama, catering by Matthew Hendershot, lighting, Squeak Lights, Rahway, New Jersey. Our theme song is Particles by Typhros. Hey, Claudius, you killed my father. Big mistake.